Hey friends, welcome to today's broadcast. This is the message from this last weekend on Saturday night when I visited Encounter Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, my friend Bishop Alan Didio, and we had a powerful time. Let me tell you, the Lord met us in power, and this is the message that the Holy Spirit had me to give. So if you haven't heard it yet, I pray this blesses you. All right, let's get into the message right now from Encounter Today Church. Now, we're, we're going to talk about some briefing here because Pastor and I love to talk about this stuff. And the reason is because how many here are watchmen? You're watchmen? We're supposed to be watchmen on the wall. But we're not consumed by the doom and gloom. See, because there's a lot of folks that all they do, they watch the news. They watch what I call the mainstream corporate media. Wah, wah, right? If you watch them, you're going to see a lot of doom and gloom. You're going to see a lot of negative. There's wars. There's rumors of wars. There's all kinds of things. There's plagues. There's talk of recession. Thank God we're in God's economy. Amen. I want you to grasp what Pastor said during the tithing because I'm telling you, in 2008, we kept going more, deeper, more experience. I'm telling you, we, didn't, we weren't even touched one minute of it. In that. And so when the world has a recession, we don't have to, we don't have to participate. Thank God. You will have blessing when the world is, is having a recession. You will, go, you will have more finances. They will open up to you. I'm telling you, this is true. You can't outgive God. And when you get that concept, you start understanding how deep that is because it's part of trust and worship, amen? But there, we're, we're in such a pivotal time. This is the church's greatest hour. This is literally, we have to think about the fact that God trusted us to bring us into the earth at this time. Because everything that, we're seeing the book of Revelation come into life. And, and there's no other generation that, that is literally seeing, I mean, think about what happened during the C-19 thing. And I'll, I'll be careful because I know we're streaming. They love to press us down when we talk about certain things. But that right there alone should tell you there's a problem. Who controls these, these social media sites? It's all connected. We found out during 2020 there was connections between Twitter and, and the government and all these different things. But, but I was, we were talking about this before service. What it really is is they're honing in on the church. And you know why they're doing that? Because they know the church has authority. Because it's a, it's a spiritual battle between light versus darkness. And so if you're what I like to call a remnant believer, what is a remnant believer? Well, it's somebody that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. It's somebody that's willing to stand for the entirety of the word of God. It's somebody that, that's it's fighting to be on fire. In other words, you look, our, our, it's like, you ever seen that meme where our Christian life is like this, you know? And it, there's, there's, there's mountaintop experiences, there's valley experiences. But the deal is, is our job is to stay in the presence of God no matter what. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. I, I want to read this scripture, and then we're going to get in this, because I just feel like God gave me such a, a word for tonight that it's just all him. This is amazing what he said here. But we're, we're going we're gonna to go through this profound journey, what I'm calling the path to hope. And, and where this comes from, and I believe it's, it's very specific for this group, but it's also for the body, because there's so many people that I've seen over the last few years that come up, no matter where we are, this is everywhere, and they say, I, I've lost hope, or, or, or I'm depressed, or I'm, I'm feeling anxiety, and I've never dealt with it before. That's why when, when Pastor Allen said that, I said, my gosh, we're, we're in tune. He kept hitting the points of, of tonight's message. It was amazing. We didn't talk about it at all. But what God wants us to understand is there is absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, a path to hope for us as believers. There is absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, 
and, 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 and no matter what happens in the world, when there's wars, when there's famine, when there's pestilence, all these things are going to happen. It was foretold in Scripture, but in that, we are going to be able to continue to move forward and continue to do the work of the kingdom. And as long as we make it about souls and kingdom business, the favor and the blessing and the hand of God is going to be on us. And I want us to understand this tonight because this is going to help for what's to come. You know, uh, let's talk about some of these things. Right now, they're working on a digital currency. How many know that? This thing is real. I've looked into it. Most countries in the world have signed on to this. Now, uh, this, this is amazing because they have this thing called the FedNow app, and during the C-19, they started putting what I call the infrastructure of the mark together. How many know that? It's a precursor. And they were testing. They're always testing different things. You know, in China, they have a social credit score system. And what that does is that literally limits mobility of folks. If they're a good citizen, then they can go all around throughout the country. If they're misbehaving according to the government standards, what happens? They're, they're literally, uh, you know, kept in an area. And I don't know if you saw the ominous pictures. You probably saw this, but they have these drones in China. And they literally have these, like, QR codes. And you have to hit it with your phone to see if you can go to the next area. I mean, that's like a movie. It reminds me of, like, Hunger Games or something, you know? We're seeing this stuff happening. And so all these things are in the work. And when you look at them just like one-on-one, -on -one, they may not be such a big deal. And there's a lot of folks right now that don't even have any idea this stuff is even going on. Most people are, are, are distracted out in the world, you know, by who knows what, Taylor Swift. I don't know. Not, they don't have no idea what's going on. Who's she dating or what? I don't know what they're talking about. The, the Swifties, yeah. Uh, you know, sports and different things. And that's fine to, to like sports, I'm not saying, but, but there's just there's a lot of distraction in our world. So most folks don't understand what's, that our very freedom is on the line. But if you, if you are a spiritually astute individual, you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, you, you have an urgency. How many have an urgency in here? So, so th th this can be heavy. It can be heavy. So they got the digital currency that they're working out right now. I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but you know, there's, a, there's another thing that they're saying came out of China. I don't know. We'll see where that goes, but we know it's this 24, this next year is going to be a very pivotal year. And we, we know it's going to be bumpy. In fact, Tucker Carlson, I think sometimes he doesn't realize he's, he's a little bit prophetic, but he's been, he's been saying we, we, people don't have any, we're in uncharted territory where we're going. And so uh, we got to be prayed up. We got to have our mind renewed and be in the presence of God. We've got to get intelligence from him, direction, strategy from heaven. Um, there, there's so many other things that, I mean, I, I've fought for religious liberty and freedom for the last few years. I was the president of this organization called the Religious Liberty Coalition, and uh, we were battling very heavily during that time period in 2020 and a little bit before that uh, for people that, you know, their jobs were taken away because they didn't take the Fauci-ouchie, you know, and um, just crazy stuff, and, and they lost their, uh, they lost their pensions and uh, you know, work with companies for years, and there were so many people, and you didn't hear the stories because, you know, it was hushed on the mainstream media, but we got calls from all over the country, you know, people calling from Canada and just other parts of the world, Australia, Israel, I mean, it was, it, the whole Western world was dealing with this, you know, and of course the whole world was, but it, we never thought that, I have a friend who's a pastor down in Florida, he was arrested during COVID simply for having service, and, and, and the Lord has been blessing the ministry ever since. And they've been standing, amen? But, but you know, so it, it's a shifting. It's like we talked about in the video. It's, it's a separation of the wheat from the tares. It, the Lord is showing who's willing to stand. There's a disruption that's happening. I'm going to tell you it needed to happen. 
This all, nothing catches God by surprise. That's why we don't need to fear. That's why we don't need to let that anxiety, that's a lying spirit, take root in our heart. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I always say Satan's worst nightmare is if the church understands the authority that we actually have and we start walking in it. He's afraid of that. So he uses these tactics. And so, you know, you got the digital currency, you got the infrastructure being put together, you have the, the UN Agenda 2030, which is a, they call it sustainable development, but it's all pushing towards a one world global government structure. And, and, they're, and they're collapsing, you know, the sovereignty of nations. We see it happen on our own southern border right now. You know, and, and honestly, I mean, with, with the fact of how open we are, I mean, you, it's kind of amazing nothing crazy has even happened yet because there's military-aged men that are coming over. How many know that? There's, there's, I mean, I can get into some stuff, but I'm going to be careful because I don't want to get your YouTube taken down here. But there, there's a lot of crazy stuff. So there's all that going on, and then simultaneously there's a revolution in the church. And there's a move, there's an, uh, what, uh, Mario Murillo, who's a dear friend of mine, uh, you know, he says there's an undercurrent of revival that's starting to happen. And so there's two simultaneous revolutions. There's what's happening in the world, and, and the craziness, and the darkness, and it is dark. How many know it is dark? And what, what, what God's been revealing to me, and I want to share this, and then we're going to get into this here. But, but he's been revealing to me that we're, sometimes as Christians, we live in a little bit of a bubble. How many know that? I call it a Christian bubble. And, and we start talking a lingo. I call it Christianese. Now, I came from the world. I was messed up in Hollywood. I don't know if you know my testimony, but it's available online. But I was a Hollywood actor. I was partying in the club scene. I was living a very promiscuous, evil lifestyle. You know, I didn't know that it was evil. I kind of did. But, you know, I mean, you would have thought, according to the world standards, it was successful. I made good money. You know, uh, I had the accolades of men. I had, you know, certain access to different parties and things like that. So my high school friends thought it was cool. But I was living a lie. Uh, I knew that I was on my way to hell. And I, I started realizing it more and more as the Lord started putting significant divine appointments in my life. Like I would come out of a club and somebody would be walking with a cross or, you know, I'd come out of a club and somebody would be playing worship music or somebody would come up to me and just give me a word from the Lord. I wouldn't be in a church. It was like God was just, you know, revealing himself to me. And, but, but the biggest thing was that I just saw the darkness of the world. You know, I was friends with certain celebrity Hollywood, young Hollywood people, and I saw that even though people thought they were super successful and all these things where people had their posters at the time, that was the thing to do, you know, on the wall. And I remember just sitting next to some of them and just seeing the misery and the, they, they were broken. And so right now that's still happening. Is this, the folks are going on Friday. Tonight is Saturday. There are folks in this town that are going clubbing and they're drinking and they're doing drugs and alcohol and, you know, opioids and fentanyl and all these different things. They're happening right now. And it's such a hopeless place because it's a momentary fix. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And you wake up in the morning or whenever it is that you come down from whatever drug it is, and you're just in a more dark place. And, and it, it's just a band-aid, but it never fixes it. And, and, and you know, I kind of forgot about this. Lord started reminding me, but he said, Todd, you've got to remember, there's folks right in your city, you know, out in Nashville on Broadway, and it's like they're, they're literally going home with people and having one-night stands and things like that with people. They don't even know their name. And, and this generation is just, it, it's got so far off the cliff from, from morality standards, from biblical standards, and sometimes we find ourselves in this Christian bubble where we forget that's what's happening. And, and here we are arguing on social media whether we should celebrate Christmas or not. 
or, or you know, whatever else the, the latest thing. Should a woman preach or whatever? And all these doctrinal variances. And so Christians are arguing it out. Meanwhile, there's a world out there that's hungry and that's broken and that's lost. And so it, it, what God is doing right now is he's, he's shifting our focus. We've got, first of all, we've got to get off what I call hopium. Can I get real right now? There's something I call hopium, okay? And what it is, God showed me this revelation. He said, even in the church, there's an addiction. And the addiction is, is that somebody else has to have the revelation for us. So we got to go get this. I got to get a word, Pastor. You know, and then what that does, though, is here's the thing. It doesn't fix the need. Because God wants us to seek his face. He wants us to get into his word. He wants us to know his word. It's literally who he is. He's got a word. I'm going to tell you right now, it's in here. But we've been addicted to hopium because what it is, is it's microwave Christianity. What does that mean? It means we want somebody else to do the work for us. You give me the word. You give me the prophecy. And I'm, I'm, I'm a pro I prophesy. I'm for prophecy. But I'm just saying you, that can't be our main thing. Where that's all we, we're just seeking a word from somebody else all the time. God says, my sheep hear my voice. He wants us to have a relationship with him where in every season we are going deeper, we're getting more on fire, we're maturing in him, and he's peeling away layer after layer. And that's what happened just a few minutes ago. This is a church that God wants to take deep. I saw a picture prophetically of a zipper, and I felt like you guys are going like this, and you're opening up this city to the kingdom of God. It, it, and, it, and it's hard. It's hard to do because you're fighting a religious spirit here. And you're, you're fighting different principalities in this territory. This is a bright light right here. This church is more than it even appears to be. Something is shifting in this area because of what's happening here, because of the leadership and because of the fire that's here and the hunger. There is a hunger. And that's what God's looking for. He's looking for a hunger. He's always been looking for a people that will trust him. And so let's get into this. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans 5. Romans 5. And we're going to read verse 1 through 5. And I love the book of Romans. Very deep book. By the way, you don't get a lot of Italian ministers. You realize that? Hallelujah. I'm a kind of a Guido up here, right? Italiano. Yes. You have an Italian pastor. That's amazing. In the South. Come on. Wow. It's one thing if it's in New York, but you're, you're right here. And man, I just realized that. Jesus. We're reading out of the book of Romans. Something's going on here. Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says this. I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. So now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This scripture rocked me the other day, and I started looking through each thing here because God said there's a path of hope, and we have to understand it because right now, the assignment in the body of Christ, as the world gets darker and all these things build up, and I could just go down a litany of things, 
Unfortunately, you start talking about some of these things and they will literally take you down on Facebook and, and YouTube. This, this isn't, I'm not talking a conspiracy. I'm not talking anything that's untrue. I just found out recently from my friend Dinesh D'Souza that I'm on a list. I'm on a list where they say just suppress him even though he hasn't gone against the community standards. Why would they want to do this to a preacher? I'm going to tell you why. Because this is unlocking the, the reality of the situation and they don't want us to understand what's going on. But I'm going to tell you that that censorship is not going to work. Because there is a remnant that is getting directly from the Holy Spirit. And this is why it's so important for us to have that direct line of communication. We can't be addicted to the hope. And there's people in every sector, whether it's the church or the prophetic or whatever, you know, you can just get into anything. And there's always going to be a people that will take advantage. You know that? And so there's people that take advantage even in the church. And I'm not going to get into all that. But the deal is, is that because there's so many people that want something from somebody else, they want, they want an exotic version of Christianity. And you know what the Lord has shown me? That's because they don't understand how good the real is. So how do we battle the false? By showing the authentic. By allowing the Lord to move. We've got to be lovers and doers of the word. This is the, this is the, and look, I don't need to have some exotic version of Christianity up here tonight. I, I, there's an anointing that comes when we break through in the supernatural by speaking the truth of the word of God. That's why it's the sword. And so the enemies had us distracted by these different hopiums. So it's like whatever the latest it thing is. I've been in the church for a while now. And I know some of you that have been around for a while, you know what I'm talking about. There's always an it thing. And they're not bad, but sometimes they become bad. And you know why it becomes bad? Because it becomes an idol. And anything, can, something good can become an idol. And so God wants us to be grounded. He wants us to be centered. He want, this is how we're going to make it. This is not only how we're going to survive, we're going to thrive. And, and it, might be, it might sound crazy right now, but this is just biblical Christianity. This is what it says. And so let's take this, therefore, having been justified by what? Faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith. What is faith? The evidence of things not seen. So the, so the justification, I, I look at faith as a currency in the kingdom. Why do I say that? Well, because without faith, you can't please God. But with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. So imagine when you have big faith. See, so the, so the enemy attacks us in ways to try to whittle down our faith. And he won't just hit you with one thing. He'll hit you with a barrage of things. The one, two, three punch. He wants you knocked out. He wants you, take, he wants you distracted from your calling, from your purpose. Yes, everybody has a purpose. Everybody in this room has a purpose, a mission, a, a ministry. But see, with the hopium, what that does is we're focused on whoever the celebrity Christian is or whatever. What are you going to say? What are you going to give me? And then I'm going to leave. Here's the problem. It's momentary. Are you here? Why is it momentary? Because you haven't had the encounter. You haven't had the revelation. You haven't stood in the presence. So let's read this again. Therefore, having been justified by faith. Faith is the justification. That is so critical. Now here's the next part. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is the peace that passes understanding. This is the peace that when you're going through your trial, your tribulation, somebody's turned on you, somebody in your family is attacking you, your child is totally unruly in the world and you're praying for them to come to Jesus. Whatever it is, your marriage is in trouble, you've been diagnosed with something, you can have, I want you to get this, peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? His blood. He died on the cross for our sins, and there was blood that was shed. That is the eternal sacrificial lamb. What happened on the cross took us into the new covenant. And I want you to understand, in the old covenant, not everybody could enter into the holy of holies. But what Jesus did was he connected us back to a holy God. So a wretch like me can stand during worship, and this is why I say worship is so important. If you're not breaking a sweat during worship, you might consider, look, I'm a guido. We sweat. It's just something we do, right? <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, if I don't sweat and worship, I might not be entering in as much as I need to be. Because we, are, we have the privilege as new covenant believers to enter into the Holy of Holies. That was not something that you could do in the Old Testament unless you were the high priest. Do we understand how significant that is? That what, it, what is available to us? So let's, let's, let's look at this again. Now, so, therefore, we justified by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the currency. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ, through whom we also have, this is so important, access. I'm going to stop there. When I was in Hollywood and some of my friends, people would pay, I kid you not, like 20, 30 grand just to get them to come to like their party. People would pay sometimes even more than that. There were people who pay 100 grand to have one of them sing at their party. Or, or, or how about this? When I was part of the Trump prayer team, and I wasn't in the inner circle team, but we were in the outer circle team, but I still had some connectivity to it, and we went to certain events, and I've been to Mar-a-Lago and all that, but that's not here nor there. But here's the deal. People would pay money to have access to President Trump. In fact, some people would pay 10 grand, 20 grand to have a picture with him. I kid you not. Access in the world requires what? Currency. Money. And that's why I'm saying this, okay? Now, here's the deal. In the kingdom of God, which is not the world, it's the kingdom of God. It's upside down, inside out. Everything's different. Here's what God says. In, in the kingdom of God, the currency is faith. Look at your neighbor say faith. Why are we being attacked in the way that so many people have doubt, anxiety, fear, and depression? Because all of these are inhibitors of faith. They're distractions. And I want you to get this revelation because it was so amazing that Pastor literally called out anxiety. I had no idea. He had no idea. And it's just you have to understand because this is unlocking something that if we grasp this tonight, it will change our life forever because the Word of God does that. Not me. The Word of God. Therefore, justified by faith, the currency. We have peace. What do you mean peace? I mean a peace that passes understanding. I mean a peace that in the middle of your trial, you're, you're able to say, thank you, God, not for what you've done, but for what you're about to do. And you start speaking words of life, not in the good times. See, in the good times, it's easy. But I'm talking about when you are going through it. Some of you in this room and some listening online right now, you are in the middle, maybe the biggest trial of your life right now. You have been wondering, why have I been getting hit left and right? Why is this happening? I'm telling you, listen, Job went through what you went through. But you know why the Lord allowed it? Because he knew that Job was going to stand the test of time. And Job's story ended up well. He ended up getting a double portion. 
And as you stand as a remnant believer, guess what's happening? You're growing. Your faith is growing. Because you see that just as God has gotten you through every single thing that you've gone through before in your life, he's going to get you through this. And this is going to turn into a testimony. Well, wait a minute. What does the scripture say? We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony will disarm the most rebellious person. The biggest skeptic. I'm telling you, I was in an airport recently. Where was I? Springfield. And, and the, the plane got delayed. How many know that's happened a lot lately? Planes are horrible. And so anyway, I'm sitting there, and out of Springfield, there's only like a couple of flights to get back to Nashville. There's like two flights a day, I think. So you miss one, you got to get on the other. Otherwise, you got to get a hotel room, or you got to get a rental car and drive back. That's how it is. And sometimes you get stuck in some of these cities. So anyway, I'm standing in the Delta Airlines uh, line there, and I have a, a shirt on that says something about Jesus. You know, one of these shirts that we wear, you know, it's a cool shirt, whatever. And so... <laughs> You know, so I'm not, I don't remember I'm even wearing it, you know. And uh, so this lady looks at me and she says, I don't like you and I hate Christians. And so I said, okay. At first I thought she was kidding. She was dead serious. And so I said, okay, well, you know, can you kind of expand on that a little bit more? You know, why do you hate Christians? She says, I'm a liberal lesbian. And she says, and I absolutely can't stand Christians. So I said, okay. I said, well, can I, you know, can I just tell you a story? And I had a captive audience because the line wasn't moving. And so I'm literally stuck with this woman that hates me. She hates everything I stand for. She hates the God I serve. She's told me openly. I thought she was kidding, but she was serious. And so then I said, okay, well, here we are. You know, I'm a preacher. Can I, can I, let's see what happens here, right? Test me. Test me, Lord. Yes. So I said, let me just tell you a story. I said, here's the deal. I said, I hated Christians too. I thought they were fake. I thought they were believing an imaginary friend in the sky. My mom has been a strong believer for many years. And when I was in the world, I thought she was nuts. I'm just going to be real. She'd give me words and I'd, I would hate them. I would be like, oh, here we go. Yet I'd still read it. She'd write out these long words and she'd slip them under my door. And then when I got out of the house, somehow she'd get them to me. You know, I don't know. They'd find them on my door, in my mailbox, or wherever it was. And I'd find these words. And I didn't want to read them, but somehow I read them. I don't know why. But they ended up being true. Hallelujah. Thank God for praying moms, right? It's like 25 years ago or something. So let me just, let me just say, so anyway, so, so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm telling this story. I'm like, I didn't like Christians. You know, I thought the same as you. I mean, I wasn't lesbian, but <laughs> nowadays, I don't know. You may, you, maybe you could be. I don't know. <laughs> but no, I wasn't. Uh, so anyways, and so I said, you know, I, I get it. But I said, here's what happened. I said, I had this crazy thing that happened. I was a Hollywood actor, and all this stuff happened. And, and one day, uh, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And then two years after, the craziest thing ever happened. I got stabbed nine times, one in the heart. And I said, and, and you know, I went into the presence of the Lord, and the Lord said, do you want to live or do you want to die? And I said, I want to live. And he, and, and he said, well, if you live, then you got to tell people that I'm real, and you got to be on fire for me. And she's just staring at me. I said, this is a true story. I said, you know, and so, so once that happened to me, it was really, because I'm a seeing as believing guy, and I didn't really believe, you know, and then that happened, and then I was in the presence of the Lord. After that, there's nothing I could do but be a Christian. How could I not? It was like Isaiah chapter 6, you know, send me, I'll go. I saw the Lord seated on the throne, right? I mean, I didn't see him, but I was in his, in his glory. Now, some of you would say, well, I didn't have that type of testimony, but you have a testimony. And, and I don't want you to negate what's happened in your life. Some people say, well, I was in the church my whole life. No, you still have a testimony. Everybody has a story. And so here's what happened. I, I want to just share this real quick. And so, and so 
you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And so the testimony started, she started thinking about it. And here's this captive audience. And I'm not going to tell you that she got saved right there and then. But I'm going to tell you that I made friends with this lady. And by the end of the conversation, she didn't hate me. And who knows if at that day there were some seeds that were planted, I believe they were, to start her on her journey. But the deal is we've got to speak it out. And in these times that we're in, there's times when you're put with a difficult person, whether in your life or somewhere throughout your day, and that's why he says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And this scripture started coming to life because I'm justified by faith. I have a peace that passes understanding with God through Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access, and access is so important because without it, we wouldn't be able to be who we are. So God has granted us access. There's a currency. It's faith. Your faith. The fact that you're here means something. Some of you are in different stages of, of, your, of your journey. Some have accepted Jesus recently. Some have known him for many years. And I would probably say there's a few of you that haven't even for sure accepted him yet. And we're going we're to make sure that you can do that tonight. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter what stage you're at. What it matters is you have been granted access. I want you to understand that that access is more special and more valuable and and more just the biggest access you could ever have on the face of the earth in this life. You have it. Like, Like picture this. You know when the lottery goes to like 200 million or something like that? And, and, and imagine winning that. Like, like looking at your ticket and it's like every number is correct, even the super. Like, whoa, 200 million. You have something more valuable than that. Because what you have in Jesus Christ through faith is you literally have access to not just what's in this world and favor and blessing and what God wants to do in and through you in this hour, but you get to rule and reign for all eternity with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And here's the problem. We've been focused on the hopium and all the stuff that's over here, and we've lost focus on the actual prize. Because it's about souls and kingdom business. And so he's brought us into the world at this time, and what God has been saying to me is wake up in the morning, and instead of saying, what can you do for me, God, you say, God, what can I do for you today? And when you unlock that reality as as that's the heart of God and you get in alignment with the Spirit of God in your life, what happens is he begins to bring favor and blessing and open doors. And you are walking outside of the constraints of what's happening in the world right now. Because how many know even when the children of Israel were in captivity that there were still folks like Daniel and others that were doing the business of the Lord? And they had the favor of God. And so it really, they can't, they cannot do anything, these deep state cabal, whatever you want to call them. There is nothing that they can do that can constrict or take away the authority and the mantle and the calling on your life. There is nothing that that person that's been trying to accuse you, that's been trying to come against, there is no, they have no power over you because they cannot take the calling of God on your life. When I went through one of the biggest trials in my life in 2011, I'm going to tell you something. That word came to me, and the Lord said, no one can take the mantle of anointing on you but you and God. And that that really saved me during that period. Because when you're going through a really tough season, sometimes you start to question things. You question your faith. You question if God is hearing your prayers. And I'm here to tell you today, he's hearing your prayers, and he's going before you. 
And he wants you to understand the revelation of the currency that you have, which is greater and more powerful than any currency in this world, and it's the currency of faith. And so now, looking at it with that perspective, understand why the anxiety has been trying to attack your brain. With that perspective, understand why the depression has been trying to come on you. With that, with that perspective, understand where the fear, the doubt, all the different, the, 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 the foul assignments of hell, but they are easily overcome by the blood of Jesus Christ, by having faith and saying, Lord, I don't know what's happening here. It looks dark. It looks evil. It looks wicked. But what I do know is I've been bought with a price. What I do know is that I'm part of the blood-bought church. I am part of the church victorious. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. And I am willing to stand and see. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know when you're going to do it. All I know is you're about to do something. And you start speaking words of life over your situation. And you have the currency in the kingdom and something shifts in your life. Give them praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is something about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We have full assurance in Christ. I haven't even gone through the scripture yet. You see how deep and rich the word of God is? So we got access. Let's continue. By faith into this grace. Now look at this. This was such an amazing revelation. I started thinking about the mercy seat. How many of you ever heard of the mercy seat? But think about this. He says this. He says, by faith into what? This grace in which we stand. The church, the body, the ecclesia of Christ is standing in the grace of God. You mean in my trial? Yep. You mean when the finances are low? Yep. You mean when I've been diagnosed by the doctor? Yep. Whose report will you believe? There's, there's the world and there's the truth. The devil has always been a liar from the garden till now. Why would we ever think that he changed? This, he, this, the same stuff's been going on. Nothing new under the sun. He's been using these tactics over and over and over again. And I believe right now God is raising up what I call a warrior class Christian. This is a Christian that is willing to stand no matter what. You don't, it's not about if you're, if you got Facebook followers, okay? It's not about who knows you or who sees what you're doing. It's not, those things are all irrelevant in the long term. They don't mean anything. This is kingdom currency. God is saying, will you have faith in me? Because that's the currency, and it's going to give you something. It's going to give you access to stand in a place of grace. There is no place that a wretch like me that was saved and set free and healed and delivered by the blood of Jesus Christ would rather be than standing in the grace of God. We don't deserve it. In the Old Testament, we would have had to do all kinds of sacrifices. We would have had to, but see... God loved us so much. We are new covenant believers that are standing in the grave. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. But we have been raised up in this hour and right now on the cusp of the greatest harvest in the history of the world. The great, I call it a great awakening where we're going to see Jews come to know Messiah. This is all part of the redemption story. What we're seeing playing out in the Middle East, I believe the stage is being set. We may not be there right now, but how many have heard of Gog and Magog? 
Yeah, how many have heard of, of, of the Battle of Armageddon? This, the stages, the, the, the alignments are happening. It's all being put into place. Now, whether it happens now or 10 years from now, and whether this Mark of the Beast system is initiated in 2030 or 2040 or next year, it doesn't matter. We stand in the place of grace, and our currency is faith. We are not only going to survive, but we're going to thrive. We are learning now how to have the tenacity and the stick to and the understanding. We are not going to be weak sauce Christians. We are going to be warrior Christians. The devil is not going to take you out. He is not going to have your family. He's not going to have your child. Oh, he may be raging. That's what he does. But those Satan rages were not defeated. We know this is what the Bible said would happen. So let's get through this scripture. We're literally, we have access by faith in grace is where we're standing. And then we rejoice in what? In the hope of the glory of God. There is nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. I talk about the secret place, Psalm 91, a lot. I just, it's one of my favorite verses because it's like, if we understand what that means to be in the secret place, you want to do it every day of your life. If you have an active prayer life, you have a prayer closet or a place that you go to get along with the Lord and you're hearing from the voice of the Lord, you're getting recharged and strengthened in your faith, there is nothing, no weapon, nothing that will stop you. You are more than a conqueror. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're the currency. You have all the currency you'll ever need. Faith. And then, here's the deal. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, the Shekinah, the presence. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What did you say? Glory in tribulations. Say it again. Glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. See, you remember that verse in Romans that said, what was meant for evil will be turned around for good? That's what's happening. If you're in a trial right now, you're in the process of that. There's a transaction happening right now. Your faith is the currency. And what was meant for your destruction is literally going to be the thing that God uses to raise you up, to bring you into another level, to go deep. See, it looks bad on the outside, but that's how it's supposed to look. In the inside, God is in, he's going before you. He's moving in the supernatural. There's something that's happening in your life because perseverance is being birthed. That means sticking it out. That means staying no matter what. See, once I close that back door and there's no exit strategy, like, that's it. Like, I'm Christian, no matter what. How many feel like that in here? No matter what happens in your life. Yeah, no matter what. Are you willing to say that? That's a pretty big statement. No matter what, because everywhere I go, there's people that come up to me and they say, I'm hanging on by a thread, Pastor. And I'm not mocking you. I've been there. I get it. But God doesn't want us to be hanging on by a thread Christians. He wants us to be Christians that are so rooted and understand that we're standing in the grace and that we have the currency and that we have the ability. We're not just barely surviving. No, we are conquerors. We're standing. Perseverance is being birthed right now. I'm going deeper in my faith, deeper in my walk. The anointing over your life and ministry is being increased. This isn't, look, we come together, what do we do? We exhort, we encourage, we pray, we worship, we sharpen each other. But you know when it really starts, and there's a lot of ministry that happens here, 
but it's when we go out to the city, when we go out of here to the world that's broken and that's in need of a Savior. And so here's the deal, perseverance and perseverance, what does it produce? Character. Character is so important to God. The devil, the demons, you know, I know Peter, I know Paul, but who are you? Why did they know Peter and Paul? Because they had character. They had character. Paul was thrown in, into prison. He wrote a book to the, to the churches, the Thessalonian church, literally in prison, bound. He was in prison. I mean, think about that. how many of you would be like writing a really encouraging book or writing to a church somewhere in prison. But Paul was so, see, he understood what it meant. He made the connection. He got it. He understood that, you know what? I'm in a trial, but I'm in a glory in tribulations. Knowing that tribulation is producing perseverance. God is saying, I'm willing to stick to it. I got faith. I don't know how he's going to fix it. I don't know how the money's going to come. I don't know how he's going to heal my body. I'm, I'm believing it for tonight. I don't know, I don't know where, how many times have, have I been up against the wall? Think about this. How many times have you been up against the wall before and you didn't know what was going to happen? And God got you out of it. He's going to do it again. Paul got it. He understood. So then it produced character and then character, hope. Who's hope? Jesus. Who's hope? Jesus. He's our hope. It's not what this one said. It's not what that one said. It's not being part of a cool crowd. It's not having your name in lights. It's not having a lot of followers. None of that is hope. Hope is Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is, we are the, with the clay. He's the potter. Amen. Thank God. Hope doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. The love of God. What is that? That's the agape. That's a love that we can't even understand in our finite brain. We can't even fully consume that love. That love is so deep. That love is so significant. That love is available to you. You say, Pastor, I'm a nobody. I hear this all the time. People say, well, I'm a nobody. No, you're not. Don't ever say that again. He made you fearfully and wonderfully. We got to stop comparing. No one else can be you. No one else can step into your shoes. No one else can walk in the calling. You know what? When I got in the ministry, I'm going to tell you, there was, a, there was a, a temptation to compare myself to other ministers. What I found out is I'm weird. I can't compare myself to anybody else. And you know what? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. I don't want to be anybody else. I don't want anybody to be me, and I don't want anybody to be, you know, I don't want to be them. We're a peculiar people. Yes, we are. That's all good, though. You know what? God has made you a specific way. Embrace how he's made you. Understand he's made you that way. You're not less than. You're not a nobody. You're not, I don't care what somebody said. What they said was a lie. What did God say about you? What did God say about your future? Hope in a future. The promise is yes and amen. He's with you until the end of the age. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. you say, oh, but when there's a pandemic, I'll forsake you. No. When there's a financial collapse, I'll forsake you. No. What did he say? He said, occupy until he comes. He wants us to stand. So let's connect this now. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because Jesus doesn't disappoint. But the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2, something very significant happened. The Holy Spirit came. And we, as we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in our heart. He lives in us. It says the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I've had to step out in some, some serious faith these last couple months. Some the Lord actually called me out. And he said, look, do you believe what you preach? I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, do you believe like, 
what you say. You say that I can heal cancer. Do you believe that? Because if you don't, get out of the ministry. He said, if you don't believe that I'm going to go before you, if you don't believe that, that I can heal somebody who's sick, just, you, you might as well just quit. I said, well, Lord, I believe it. Okay, well, then do it. He said, you're going to do even greater things. I'm not talking to me specific. I'm talking to us. As more than conquerors, as people sitting in the grace, as people that understand our hope is in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, that every single storm and every single trial and every single test and every single thing, that you may, it just may seem so big and so significant right now. I know what it's like. Trust me, I've been there. We're going through some stuff right now. But I'm going to tell you something. I've learned to depend on Jesus. I've learned to put my trust in it because either I believe this or I better not do this anymore. There's other things I could do where I could do, you know, all kinds of different things. I like marketing and media and different things. Why am I a preacher? I didn't need to be a preacher. This wasn't something I was like, oh, I'm going to be a preacher. No, that was the last thing Todd Coconut was going to be. Literally, my friends from high school would laugh for like years until they finally realized it was serious. Like they say, you good? You good? Yeah, I'm good. You still doing that thing? Yes. And then it got to the point where I'd run into them at the mall, and they'd be like afraid of me. They'd like run the other direction because they were on drugs and do different things. Oh, there's Coconado. This is who we are because you know why this is real. This is the reality of our world. And, and we are alive in this time. Let me come down here for a second. We are alive in this time because God knew that we were going to be alive in this time. It's not a mistake. We didn't ca he, not, you know that God is not surprised or caught off guard by anything that's going on right now? See, it's good that we're watchmen. We need to be because for a long time the church was asleep. And so being a watchman is a good thing. Being informed, knowing what's going on, that's good. But we always tend to go far. I don't know why. We always tend to take it to the extreme. And then people are living in this place. I call it the doom and gloom train. They're living in doom and gloom. Well, we better just prepare them for the end times. It's done. Wait a minute. It's not. Because there is an undercurrent of revival. And there is a move of God. And there are two simultaneous revolutions. And there's a reason why the church is still here. That's because God wants to move, and I'm a prime example. When I talk to certain people and they say, well, miracles aren't for today, and there, how many know there's a segment of the church that says that? That's not happening. I said, well, that's so hard for me to believe. You know why? Because I was stabbed nine times. I went in the presence of the Lord. God said, you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live, and then here I am. So, <laughs> sorry, it's a real bad argument for me. You know why else I say that? Because... My mom will tell you, and we've been doing this for a long time, evangelist pastors, we have seen hundreds, hundreds, maybe thousands of people. I've seen people get up out of wheelchairs. I've seen eyes opened. This isn't just a, a story. I'm telling you, when you're in it, when you see it, and it's happening right now. I was just with Mario right up, up, up the state here. We weren't even far. We were in Winston-Salem. And there was miracles happening right there. Literally validated, verified. People say, you know, I see the people on social media. Well, is this verified? Yes, verified. We've talked to people afterwards. In fact, he's making, well, I can't say it, but yes. <laughs> just, to, just for the haters. In L.A., we were in L.A. at a crusade recently. This was so funny. And somebody comes up to me. I was sitting in the front. And he said, Pastor Todd, we need you to come pray. They pulled me over here. 
and they bring me over here into the wheelchair section. I'm at a Mario Murillo crusade at a wheelchair section. And we start praying. Now, this is what's so crazy, okay? The guy there, that's, there's a prayer circle of about five people that are praying. And I look over. This is so crazy because I used to minister in L.A. for many years. We had a church there for 17 years. And it was the guy that ordained me. We didn't plan it. I didn't even know he was there. James was with me. This is true. Here I am. There's a woman. She was a preacher. She's in a wheelchair. Here's my prayer circle. Here's the guy that ordained me. And we're praying. Now guess what happens? The woman starts to get up. Now, at first, I was like, yeah, yeah, you know. And then fear came on me. And all of a sudden, the enemy's like, okay, here's Todd Coconato pulling up a woman at a Mario Miller crusade. What if she falls and breaks her back? See how the devil works? And I had to rebuke the devil. Say, this woman is going to walk. Guess what happened? This woman, for the first time in two years, starts getting up and walking. Now, she was weak, but she walked. James? Walked, 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 walked. Her wheelchair's over there. Walked, walked. We, we disconnected from her. Walk, walk, walk. Starts going up. And what the Lord said is, look, it's not all going to happen today, but she is on the way to recovery from this debilitating assignment of the enemy. It strengthened me in my faith because L.A. is a tough spiritual environment. Let me tell you something. If it can happen there, and by the way, the altar was packed every single night of hungry people. Ex-drug addicts, ex-felons, tatted up. I'm talking the prodigals, the misfits. And I don't know why, but I feel like this congregation is called to reach the prodigals and the misfits. Some of you are prodigals and misfits. You've been flirting with it. You've been wondering, is it possible? I'm going to tell you something right now. Not only is it possible, it's happening. So what Mario says, and I'll say it to you, is are the end times going to happen to us? Or are we going to happen to the end times? God is raising a standard in this hour. Will the real church stand up? Will the real church arise? Will the real church believe what the scripture says? Will the real church get on fire? Will the real church believe in miracles, signs, and wonders? Will we stand on the promise of God? Will we stand in the place of blessing? Will we stand in the place of favor? Will we, will we pray and seek the face of God every day of our life? All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. Like I said, the Lord Medicine Power. Hey, listen, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we'd love to hear from you, pray with you, and give you a Bible. You can reach out to us at pastortodd.org, pastortodd.org. Also, we need your listener support. We are fully listener-funded, and we thank you so much to the partners that allow us to do these broadcasts each day. You are the fuel, and we just thank you so very much. All right, friends, I'll be back tomorrow. God bless you and have a wonderful rest of the day.